A few keys to understanding people with strengths in the influencing domain are these. Let them explain to you what that strength means to you. Ask them to share examples of when they have seen an influencing theme bring life to others and bring life to them. Ask a person with an influencing theme what lessons they have learned and ask them what lessons they're, they're currently learning. And also ask them what they're looking forward to, where they can see these influencing themes having a generative effect on other people down the road. I guess the key to all this, listen to them. They are the ones that are most misunderstood. They're the ones that have been the most misapplied, often mishandled. And it takes some learning on our part before we can begin to release them to have the kind of influence that they were meant to have. Hello and welcome to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of StrengthsFinder. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and today on the podcast, Brian Schubring and I are going to be talking about the influencing domain of strength, or more specifically, how to understand the people who have some or all of their five themes in this domain. We did a whole episode on domains a few months ago. There's a link in the show notes if you want a little refresher. All you need to know for today about them is that domains organize the 34 themes of strength into four major categories. Those are thinking, relating, executing, and what we'll be talking about here, influencing. The eight themes in the influencing domain are activator, command, communication, competition, maximizer, self-assurance, significance, and woo. These influencing themes enable individuals or groups to solve the big ideas. They can take charge and speak up and be heard. They are extremely helpful when you need to reach a broader audience or meet a bigger goal. The reason Brian and I are talking about the influencing domain today is because we have found that these are often the strengths that are most misunderstood. Uh, they are the ones that people have like perhaps a strong reaction of this isn't me or for whatever reason based upon experience maybe. Um, they don't quite know how to understand these strengths. And we've also found that it's very difficult for teams to truly integrate this person in a generative way or the person with these strengths in a generative way because they don't have much experience with these strengths. Eight of the least common strengths of all the 34 show up in this domain. So today on the podcast, Brian and I will be talking about how this set of strengths can be misunderstood, misused, and simply mismanaged. We'll be talking about what we can do with these rarest of themes and discuss five ways to understand, leverage, and manage these incredibly powerful themes. So keep listening. Before we get into understanding these themes, it's important to recognize that people who have several themes in the influencing domain, well, they may be coming at this whole conversation about strengths from a negative perspective. If you look at Gallup's theme frequency report, there's a link in the show notes, you'll see which strengths are common and which ones are not. As of this recording, we're using the one that came out in March of 2017. A new one should be out soon. 
And we use this with clients because... And we think that's important to use this tool to help us become more aware of what some of the strengths are that people are really familiar with. They see a lot of that strength around. They understand and recognize the talents and behaviors of that strength. And they oftentimes find themselves gravitating towards that person with with the most common strengths because they're most understood because we have the most experience with them. But also through our years of work, we have also realized that people who have strengths in the influencing domain are often the ones that are most misunderstood. They may be the most hesitant to be a part of a team because they haven't quite had the experience to truly nurture, develop, or grow their strengths because they're not common. So sometimes when people get these themes on their report, sometimes they feel embarrassed to admit that they have one. I know this was kind of true for me when significance showed up the first time. Often this embarrassment comes simply from some past negative experiences. Once an individual begins to understand how those strengths show up, they can typically look back in time to see when that strength maybe first showed up or how it continues to show up and how people respond to it adversely. So they have more negative experiences with trying to use that strength than they have positive. And so you already have somebody who receives their results back, they see influencing themes on their results and they be they begin to have these flashbacks and they begin to scroll through history and begin to realize well well that was perceived negatively and that was when I was misunderstood and no one really followed me when that that happened and and experience is already putting them in a deficit understanding of how that strength can be positively applied based upon those negative experiences people are perhaps then embarrassed that they even have those strengths because they haven't had the chance to be affirmed and reaffirmed and to have small successes even recognized as something that's generating from an influencing strength. Because influencing strengths are about, well, influencing others, sometimes the theme descriptions come across as a little egotistical or self-centered or really anything less than being full of humility. So the first big question we'll be tackling today is, how do we learn from people with the influencing themes? Like, how do we develop a deeper understanding of these rarest themes? First and foremost, you learn from them. Around the Leadership Vision office, we talk a lot about this idea that the person who has the strength knows the most about it. We need to put aside our past experiences and ask ourselves, what can we learn from that person about their influencing strengths? Let them tell stories. Let them explain which behaviors and which talents show up the most. Let them give you a story about the opportunities when they've seen that strength have a positive impact on other people. Let these individuals tell you what it felt like for them to be in a place where they were truly influencing others. Talk to them about this particular strength because they are the ones that know the most about it. They're the ones that have had the experience. It's been a genuine experience to them, whether it's positive or negative. And they will also give you the advice that you're looking for on how you can develop someone. So they are the ones that know the most about it. Keep an open posture, learn from them. And the more opportunities someone has to really try to integrate these influencing themes, the more lessons they will have learned. It's also important to remember that, like all strengths, but perhaps these in particular, strengths mature over time. The more experience someone has, the more they are learning about themselves, the more impactful that strength actually shows up. 
Sometimes those influencing themes are big and bold and occasionally a little brash. As a result, maybe we don't trust those people to actually use their strengths for good. Or we fear that they'll do something to wreck what we've built with them. This leads us to the second question we need to ask ourselves is, how do we give people chances to be trusted with their influencing themes? Well, that last part of that uh, statement is chances to be trusted. I think that that is really where you begin. Give them chances so that they can be trusted. And there's two different ways uh, to look at being trusted. It is a team or someone in partnership with the person with an influencing strength. Um, you need to trust them. You need to give them a chance for you to trust that strength sh- shows up. Secondarily, the individual with the influencing theme also needs to trust themselves. The person with influencing strengths needs to be able to trust themselves first. They need to trust that this opportunity for them to lead or to influence is going to be positive. Those working with them, maybe a boss, manager, colleague, or some kind of a mentor, they need to give them a chance in order for them to have success with this. We have to be patient here. Because we need to remember that trust is a handshake. It's two individuals. They each extend their their arm. They grasp hands and they, they firmly shake each other's hands, but they're both grasping the other. When it comes to trusting with an influencing theme, the same principle applies. I need to reach out. The person with the influencing theme needs to reach out. And we need to come to that agreement that we're in this together, whether it's positive or negative, and that we're going to share in the lesson that's learned from that. I've met several individuals that are in their 20s and 30s that have influencing themes. And one of the most common things that we have found is people with influencing themes who are young, uh, those individuals who are leading them will often give them a chance to lead because they see this raw talent, they see potential, and they're excited for this person to have influence. When people with influencing themes begin to act on that, when they begin to lead others, they're often initially given the chances and they're entrusted with leadership opportunities from the very beginning because people see something in them that they want more of. It's a coin flip from that point forward, whether they're successful in that opportunity or not. And oftentimes, if that fails and it doesn't go well, the people around them don't know how to respond to immediate failure or immediate success. Leaving the person with an influencing theme with a misunderstanding of whether that opportunity was positive or whether it was negative. Sometimes this can cause that individual who was given the chance to lead, well, it can cause them some doubt. The next time an opportunity arises, maybe they don't take it because it's unclear to them if what happened before was positive or negative. Feedback is so important for all of us, but especially when you're thrust into a position of influence. Which leads us into our third question about how we mentor these types of people in the best way. People with influencing themes have a difficult time finding a mentor. And the need for a mentor or the need for some kind of coaching around how to use influencing themes is difficult because, like we've said in the beginning, these are the types of themes that are rare. So to find somebody who is a little further down the road that's willing to have the patience to work with someone with an influencing theme, that's difficult to find. Because speaking generally, the person providing the coaching will have to be someone who has experience with this. They know what they're looking for. They have a level of patience 
And they oftentimes will also have experiences where they can draw on their own past successes and own past failures and trying to influence other people and apply that to this person who's developing their influencing themes. You have to give people with these themes a chance to succeed. You have to also provide people with influencing themes the chance to understand where their margins are and where their boundaries are. Because oftentimes they're looking for places to influence and what they, they misunderstand in themselves is that they can't just influence in every situation. It depends on the context. So some people may understand like just how far their confidence level goes. Some people with the strength of command may understand that they're really good at, at leading uh, groups of people in the hundreds, but they're not really that great at influencing people with like 10, 12, 18 people. You may look at um, individuals with the strength of significance, and they're really good at inspiring people in a certain spectrum of professionalism, and they're not that great in other areas. All of us, regardless of our strengths profile, need to learn through appropriate mentoring or coaching where our boundaries lie. We all come to life when we're engaged in areas of strength, but those with influencing themes have a greater challenge because their behaviors have external impact. Because whenever they begin to act on something, it's affecting somebody else. There are many strengths that when, when they're at play and when they show up, it's internal or it's relational. So you don't see what's going on because it's an internal-based strength or it's relationally centered and it's not having such a profound impact on other people. Influencing strengths are felt by a lot of individuals, meaning there's a large amount of opinion on whether it's going well or not. People are often outspoken towards people that are trying to make a difference, causing there to be a negative experience the person has an influencing theme. So a great mentor or a great coach is, a, is able to counterbalance people's opinions. They're able to provide different opportunities. They're able to provide the critical feedback that a person with an influencing theme needs, and they're always willing to provide a next opportunity. People with influencing themes often don't trust themselves because they haven't been given the correct opportunities to understand their capacities and to understand the limits of what their influencing themes are actually bringing to the table. A good mentor provides feedback. They can communicate when someone did something well and when they did something that didn't go so well. And they provide feedback for improvement. We'll be right back. At Leadership Vision Consulting, we have spent 23 years helping individuals explore the depth and dimension of their personal strengths and have helped hundreds of teams build positive culture. We're excited to now announce our new online membership platform that brings together the resources, community, and motivation that you need to grow your influence and build a positive team culture. Through our courses, workshops, live Q&A sessions, and more, you'll gain the skills and confidence you need to lead effectively. And with our supportive community of like-valued leaders, you'll never feel like you're doing it alone. Visit leadershipvisionconsulting.com slash community to learn more. When people with influencing themes begin to act on those influencing themes, when they begin to relate, when they begin to seek opportunities to influence, it oftentimes comes off pretty strong and pretty confident. That's why people have a challenging time giving critical feedback because of how confident, how bold, and how out front these strengths look when they're being generative. Oftentimes, we have found that just because it looks and sounds bold and confident does not mean that that person actually was internally bold and confident themselves. They just saw an opportunity and they stepped into that. 
In our experience, at least most of the time, people with influencing themes are open to feedback, partially because they're aware of the stakes. They have a unique understanding of the gravity of what's at play. And one of the reasons why they oftentimes are hesitant to act is because they might know themselves that they may not receive the kind of feedback that they need. So they distrust their ability to actually influence. And when that influencing is actually happening, how is it that you say that to somebody? Like, this is what's happening. This is how you're causing some people to move. This is how you're causing someone to commit in a greater way. This is how you're causing someone to step up more confidently than they would before. This is how you're, you're causing someone to really change the direction of life because they can see a bigger impact happening down the road over here. How do you reply to that? And I think that when you have strengths as a language, strengths can help you lean into a unique understanding of what that person's actually bringing and being able to then speak to what it is that they're doing that has such a great impact on, on other people. We need to reinforce the positive behaviors of these strengths because every team needs people that know how to influence. Every organizational culture seems to be looking for people of great influence and they don't know what to do with these individuals once they actually find them. The, in, the instinct of team leaders and the instinct of organizational leaders is to place people with influencing themes in positions of influence without checking their capacity, their character, what experience they actually have there, and how receptive they are to receiving feedback. We have seen more times than not people with influencing themes given the chance to influence, but never given the chance to repeat with practice and get even better. And that is just a situation that occurs over and over and over again because people have a difficult time understanding these really unique behaviors. And because they're the most rare themes, they're also the most rare behaviors. Because these behaviors are rare, it's difficult to understand them, like we've already said, which is why our fourth question here is simply, how do we understand these behaviors? Brian says it's actually not that complicated. I would ask team leaders, I would ask people who are leading within organizational culture to look at the resources that are out there that help explain what these strengths are actually doing. Of course, you can find all sorts of great resources about these themes on our blog. There's a link in the show notes for that. But there are also some other great resources out there that I can link to as well. One very simple thing you can do that doesn't require any additional resources, and is also a great tip for mentoring, is to have a simple conversation with those people and ask them, How do these behaviors of these strengths actually show up? And ask that person for examples. Because one of the things that we uh, are asking is that, number one, we recognize that these behaviors are rare. So it'll take some work to understand really what they are when we're seeing them, but also to name them when we see them because they are unique. And when we are able to name them, we are making them more friendly, more recognizable, and we are providing us a chance to begin to understand what unique situations this person actually requires for them to have the generative influence that we're actually looking for. This is why mentoring is so important because the, the mentor or that coach 
needs to familiarize themselves with the content, with the behaviors of these strengths. This creates a framework for understanding by which you can launch into our fifth and final question, which is, how do you help someone who has overreached or underreached in the past? By that, we just mean someone who maybe went too big or too bold with their influence, or conversely, someone who is too passive and not even close to reaching their potential. The first thing I want to say to that is the smaller the better. (laughs) An influencing theme, they're looking for a platform, they're looking for an opportunity, they're looking for a challenge, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Oftentimes, we find that people with influencing themes overreach because they get excited. I think a lot of us do this. But what I would like to ask is that we give people with influencing themes the chance to be influential on a smaller stage than they may be looking for. And the reason why that's important is that they begin to understand the capacity and the lengths that they really can have influence. And sometimes they can learn those lessons quicker with uh, with better opportunities for positive response than negative fallout when they have a smaller audience. And that's Again, reinforcing the need for that individual to learn how to trust the ways in which their influencing themes show up and also to understand what types of audiences they are best fit to be in front of. And in these smaller contexts, you can maybe have a chance to have that critical conversation with someone or provide the critical feedback when there isn't so much at stake. I mentioned that people have an understanding of what is really at stake. They feel a weight and a responsibility to have influence. And when that goes wrong in experiences that they have had in the past, it's important for us to help them understand that it's okay to accept that didn't go so well, to recognize what did go well and what are the areas we need to improve so that they can have the appropriate reach when the next opportunity shows up. Oftentimes you'll hear performers talk about how they perform in different or with different audiences. Um, I heard something on the radio the other day about uh, comedians and how there are comedians that do great jobs just working at clubs. Uh, There are comedians that do their best work when they're in front of audiences of thousands. And there are a few comedians who do their best work when they're in arenas. And this show was talking about how it is that you really find not only your voice to influence the crowd, but to understand what types of crowds you're best fit for. And it was interesting because I thought of influencing themes. The assumption is that you can influence tens, hundreds, and thousands, but our past experiences can help us understand where our reach actually is the most influential. And once we can figure that out, that's an asset that can be multiplied over and over and over again. As we close out this episode, there are two things that Brian has learned from all his years of taming his own influencing themes. And I think they're especially helpful for all of us to hear. The simple ideas of asking for help and not overreaching. Two things that I would that come right to mind are ask for help don't overreach. Those are the two lessons that I think I was trying to learn in my 20s and 30s. And these are the things I'm reminded of right now is is ask for help is that when it comes to really understanding the influence that you're having on other people, ask them 
to give you some insight on how effective your influencing themes are actually having. Um, and don't overreach. Uh, there are times when that appetite for influence just indulges itself and it doesn't really work out that great. Um, but to understand how is it that you can appropriately scale your influence so that you can have like maybe some smaller victories and not always going for that big fell swoop of like one huge win or one huge impact or one great delivery. It doesn't happen that, that way. The greatest lessons I've learned with influencing themes are trying to focus your motivation and the reason why you're inspired to be influential on meeting the needs of other people. And that takes a much different approach than simply looking for a stage. It's knowing who you need to be with to have the greatest influence and where you are in that process. Influencing themes do not mean that you are the one in front. Oftentimes, influencing themes are best displayed to be generative when you're alongside someone, walking along with them, when you're face-to-face, having a conversation with someone, even behind somebody, when you're helping them navigate life ahead of them, and you have really nothing to do with leading them step-by-step, but just provide the advice from behind. So where you are in relationship to other people, I think is also a great indicator. People with influencing themes aren't always going to find themselves in front, figuratively, Um, they may have a much different place in someone's relationship just by having the opportunity to understand what their appropriate reach is. One of the things that people with influencing themes would be helpful to learn is when is it the right timing for them to have influence? Thanks to Brian Schubring, our president, for sharing some insights on better understanding people with those rare influencing themes. If you have themes in that domain, I hope you are able to get something out of this and better understand what it takes to leverage your strengths for the betterment of those around you. We'd love to hear from you, so shoot me an email at nathan at leadershipvisionconsulting.com or find the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of StrengthsFinder. Subscribe to the Leadership Vision Podcast on Apple Podcasts or really wherever you listen. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. I'm Nathan Freeberg. Thanks for listening.